Welcome to another episode of Thrive in the Decline. My name is Josh Kugel, and it's good to spend a little moment with you today. One of the things that's fascinated me lately is the 2 plus 2 equals 5 movement on on Twitter and just throughout culture, and uh, I just want to talk about it a little bit. 2 plus 2 equals 5 is something you're going to start seeing more and more of, I'm afraid. And it's really fascinating. And honestly, I think as I study it more and more, I think it's really harmful. Two plus two equals five is always championed by those who claim to be standing for the oppressed, but is defended in different ways. Primarily, though, and in the way I understand it, which is is still incomplete, I'll be honest, the thought is that our system of math was created by Western imperialism and colonialization, and as a result, our system of math is cultural. The main question those championing 2 plus 2 equals 5 have is, why did we pick Western math? In other words, why don't we use early math practices created in certain parts of Africa or math practices created early on in certain parts of the Middle East or Asia? And the defenses are just beginning, honestly. One of the big defenses is this. Uh, say you have two chickens and you add them to two more chickens. That's four chickens. We all know that. But if you wait a few weeks, it could be five chickens because math isn't just on paper, it's also related to things in the real world. And chickens reproduce, so give it a little time and it may be ten chickens. (laughs) But now we can see how two plus two can equal five to some people. There are other explanations too, and they're primarily around nuance. That because some math equations feel forced, that this must be evidence of a system that is constructed rather than based on objectivity, as we've assumed before, right? And it makes sense because we're, we're, we're tearing down systems in the name of social justice all over. And when we question things that had previously been objective truths, you know, things that you could rely on that were always the case set by something outside of us, if we can question things that previously were set to be that, then we can justify building anything up in their place. And the danger is that in this brave new world we're constructing, we cannot trust anything except for what the mob pushes, right? (laughs) We can't trust biological sex anymore. We can't trust gender. We can't trust race. We can't trust math. And we can't trust, honestly, any kind of authority. It's an empty way to be, I think. And before long, those who believe in objective truth will be outcasts. But there is a way to stand against this onslaught of, well, I'll put in quotes, justice, right? I don't like to take scripture out of context, and I don't think I am here. Joshua gathered Israel and essentially told them to decide who they were going to serve. And then he took responsibility over his own house and over his own family. 
And what we do is we like to get on social media and we try to solve big societal problems. We try to, to like to solve other people's issues because it's easy to talk about how they do things and what they should do. And we can fight and we can argue and primarily we do this because it keeps us entertained and it keeps us feeling moral. But it also keeps us from looking in the mirror. And it keeps us from addressing the things that we actually do have the power to change. As for me and my house, that's where we maybe should think about starting. The things that we can do something about, that we can change. Before the national campaigns, before the big movements and the, the big signals that we, we show uh, on Twitter and everywhere else about what other people are doing. As for me and my house, my actions, my behavior, my kids, that's where it starts. Thank you for joining me today. Oh,